We have to execute pitches and get into good counts, and you know all those things add up collectively. And um, their approach was was good. They got two pitches in the, in the middle plate, and, and then they hit them hard. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I spend a lot of time on the internet. I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. It's kind of something you have to do for this job, right? Because the internet is where a lot of sports conversation happens. So everyone's sharing their take. There's clips from radio shows, TV shows, press conferences. It's all on Twitter. It's all on Reddit. It's all on the internet. Now, maybe a lot of those things don't matter. Like if I were to delete Twitter, never go on it again, would my life be any better or worse? Probably not. Like the news that I needed to get, I'd probably still get. I don't know that what goes on on Twitter is real life all the time. But then again, four to six, the things we talk about, the things we debate on this show, is this real life? No, we do it for fun. We do it because it matters to us, right? We like debating on June 21st whether or not Greg Gard is recruiting Con Knuffle to save his job, right? So I waste a lot of time, a lot of time on Twitter, finding articles, watching press conferences, looking at takes, all that stuff. This week, my internet time has been much less productive because I've spent a lot of my online time looking at pictures and listening to clips from the news and reading news reports about this submarine. And we learned earlier this afternoon that it imploded. They found a piece of it on the ground. It blew up. And if you know anything about the pressure underwater, that happens very quickly, very violently. It was probably over in in less than a second. Uh, And today we learned that to be the case. I thought it was very interesting from someone who, again, consumes a lot of internet. And I understand how trends come and go. Nothing stays a big deal on the internet for more than 24 to 48 hours. This submarine story, whether it was resolved or not today, was probably going to start winding down in terms of public interest. Within an hour, within an hour of the Coast Guard coming out and saying, we found a piece of the submarine, it has imploded. Within an hour of that announcement and the conclusion of that story and that viral story, NBA teams started making trades. Like all of a sudden, the Golden State Warriors were trading Jordan Poole to Chris Paul. Uh, A passing of the baton, a passing of the torch from one story to the next. The internet never stops moving. It's well-timed internet. That's what I tweeted at Wisco Grant. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I have had a hectic day. I've done a lot uh, today. I've I've done a lot of work. I've been very productive. Uh, Not a lot of work into the show we're about to have. Uh, I spent a lot of my time today reading about the submarine, and then I spent a couple of hours putting the finishing touches on something that's going to run tomorrow night. I'm so excited for tomorrow night's show because it's going to be a best of. It's going to be pre-recorded. It's going to be a, a show. I'm not, I won't be live tomorrow. I have a wedding. So at both 4 and 5 o'clock, I'm going to run it twice. So as many people hear it as possible. I made a, a feature that I think start to finish is about 27, 28 minutes. And it is the story of Paige Sporonic bobblehead night. And everything that went into it. Uh, there's a couple of guests that were there, a couple of guests who work with or around the Brewers who gave their account and, and spoke about the the buildup and the actual events of Friday night. So it was a little tongue-in-cheek. Uh, meant to poke fun at Paige Browning bobblehead night, but also, like, it was a great weekend of Brewers baseball. 
Like Friday night, that game was fun. And then Saturday and Sunday with, with Joey Weimer mullet cuts out in left field. So tomorrow night at four and at five, that's going to run. I'm also going to put it out as a podcast. So if you're a podcast listener, uh, or it would be easier for you if you only have five minutes in the car, you're going to want to listen to this bad Johnson start to finish. So I'm really excited for tomorrow night to be able to play that for you. I've spent so much time the last couple of days putting that together. So I spent time working on that today. I spent time following the stupid submarine, which, by the way, by the way, I think there is a a real uh, naivete, if you will, in our society uh, with big bodies of water. I don't think the majority of people who walk among us every day have a a complete and and total grasp of how big the ocean is and, and even the big lakes, the Great Lakes, Lake Superior, and, like, we could talk about, you know, obviously, like, Winnebago's massive as well. Great Lakes get all the shine. But big lakes around the world, like Lake Victoria, all the messed up stuff that goes on in that lake. There is no one more qualified in the field of sports radio to talk about big bodies of water and all that goes with it. I have stayed up way too late many a night reading Wikipedia pages about shipwrecks, about storms, about accidents on oil rigs watching YouTube compilations of the weirdest noises captured by underwater microphones. This is, this is, I'm him at this, okay? And it was so weird today on Twitter. The one thing that had me scratching my head was people commenting on the the banging noise that was heard by the Coast Guard. And I think this was a story yesterday when it's like the Coast Guard has reported they're hearing uh, metallic banging noises in, in the area around the Titanic wreck. And a lot of people thought, well, maybe they're, they're trapped, they're banging, they're trying to signal for help. And we learned today that that's not the case because in all you know, likelihood, the sub imploded within hours of going under. So days ago, it might have imploded last weekend, right, when it lost contact on Sunday. And I saw so many tweets that were like, well, if the sub blew up last weekend, what was the banging noise? It's like, do you really not? What do you mean? What do you mean, what is the banging noise? You're lucky that the banging noise is the only thing those microphones picked up. Do you know how much weird and unexplainable and creepy stuff goes on in the ocean? Do you know what you know how big the ocean is? There could be, there probably is, a city of, of aliens, uh, an ancient civilization, an alien civilization, a civilization, we don't know. It's probably living down there at the bottom of the ocean somewhere. We would have no idea. Well, what was the banging noise? Are you kidding me? Go down a YouTube rabbit hole sometimes and listen to the, the noises that they pick up on microphones. Oh, and also, sound travels so far. It it goes so far. Banging noise could have been coming from miles away. That was the biggest non-story. When I saw that yesterday, oh, they hear hear banging. Of course they do. Of course they do. You know how far sound travels so far through the water. I grew up in a very sound-oriented household. My mother is an ear doctor. Uh, So anytime, you know, know, she'd tell us a little bit about how sound works, how ears work. And I remember these lessons in school, too. When sound is passing through different forms of matter... It vibrates at different frequencies, right? Because the sound wave is simply a sound wave bouncing off of the particles or the atoms or whatever in the medium. So if I'm talking through air, well, air particles are very spread out. So it's going to it's gonna vibrate at a lower frequency. It's not going to travel as fast. It's not going to travel as far. Water, a liquid, it will travel much farther. That's why you can hear whale calls from miles and miles and miles away if you have a microphone in the water. Or solids. Sound travels much faster through a solid than it does through a gas. So if you're listening against a wall, someone's banging on the wall or something like that. It's, just, it's been a very frustrating couple of days, very interesting couple of days. Uh, and I did not 
mean to start the show with 10 minutes of talk about this uh, submarine. But then again, I've invested most of my, my free time and my internet time into this story this week. They're lucky the only thing they heard coming through that water was banging noises. Ancient civilization down there. Cone Roller says, who's under more pressure, the people in the sub or Giannis? Wow. Uh, well, we'll see what the Bucks do tonight. Chris Middleton did not opt into his deal, or I guess the better way is he declined his player option last night. So that was the first bit of NBA news we've got in the last 24 hours. And I think we should start with the NBA because there have been a couple massive transactions that have gone on. Plus, it's Thursday, and you know what? We haven't had a good old-fashioned NBA lounge in a while, so I think we should do it. Chris Middleton declined his player option last night. So he's a free agent. And I think the most likely outcome, the most likely outcome all along, has been him re-signing with the Bucks on a long-term deal. Who knows what the average annual value is? Who knows what he's making per year? But he's probably going to have more guaranteed money over the next couple of years as opposed to one lump sum in the final year of his contract, which is a player option, which he didn't pick up. And that's the news we got last night. Chris Middleton reportedly expected to have suitors. That's what was reported. But of course, Chris Middleton and Chris Middleton's representation want people to think that because then the Bucks actually have to pay him. Like, he's hitting free agency, but I think the understanding is Chris Middleton's going to come back and, and get the, the contract that he would get on the open market from the Bucs. I don't think the Bucs are all of a sudden going to say, well, you're coming back for this much money. Well, I don't know. Then maybe Chris Middleton would leave. Chris Middleton has is, is never been a threat to leave the Bucs, but the Bucs have always paid him top dollar. That's something we have to remember. Like, the last time Chris Middleton was a free agent, I was never concerned about him leaving. There was never much talk about him leaving because it was always understood that the Bucks were going to take care of him and give him the amount of money that he could get anywhere else. I think this time around, it will be much of the same. Now, maybe Middleton's value coming off of this last season isn't as high as it would have been a year ago or two years ago, but it's still Chris Middleton. So now we wait and see what the Bucks are going to do with that. The NBA draft is tonight. I don't think they're going to make some major trade involving Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, or obviously Giannis. Maybe they try to move up in the draft, though. I'm interested to see. We had some reports a week or two ago that the Bucks, the Suns, and a couple of other heavier contenders might be looking to move up from the end of the first round, beginning of the second round, to get into the mid-20s because there's a lot of mature, uh, experienced college players who might kind of be in that range, ready to be drafted. Uh, and they could come in and help a contending team contribute right away. Maybe very similar to what Christian Brown did for the Nuggets last year, right? So we'll watch what's going on with Chris Middleton. A trade last night. I don't really know what to make of this one. The Celtics received Kristaps Porzingis, the 23rd pick, and a first-round pick next year. The Wizards received Tyus Jones, and the Grizzlies received Marcus Smart. Let's go through this team by team. We'll end with the Celtics because I think they're the most significant part of this trade, right? I don't think much. I don't think there's much concern in the state of Wisconsin about how good the Grizzlies or the Wizards are going to be next year. But the Celtics, it interests us. So we'll end with the Celtics. Let's start with the Wizards. Wizards are such a stupid team. I All the things that they've done over the last couple of weeks, they should have been done two years ago. I like trading Beal. Imagine if the Packers had kept Aaron Rodgers two years past this last offseason. And they went eight and nine, and they missed the playoffs in both of those years. You look back and think, why didn't we do this two, three years ago? This has been a massive waste of time and money. Well, that's what the Wizards have done. They've paid Beal a bunch of money to sit around and occasionally play. 
and be a good player that can't really get his team into the postseason. So I don't know why the Wizards have been holding on to him this long. Traded Beal to the Suns. And now they're bringing in Tyus Jones or sending out other pieces. I just don't understand why the Wizards decided to tank the season after Victor Wembanyama was available. It's like, well, now that the best prospects in, in a couple of years have come and gone, now we'll get started on next year. It's like when you're buying a house and you and your significant other, you're like, I want to buy a house. I want to hide about it. We're saving money. We're getting our down payment ready. Uh, we got our, our pre-approval from the, the loan officer, the mortgage officer of our local bank or local credit union, right? We're prepared. So we're waiting. We're waiting for the right time. And then as soon as the housing market turns into a seller's market, you're like, no, bu- buy, buy. We're buying now. It's like, no, 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 no. You should have been, you should have taken advantage of the market when it was good for you. That's what the wizards have done. It was a tanker's market last year and they waited to tank. God knows for what reason. The Grizzlies, I don't know what they're doing in this. They get Marcus Smart. I saw the memes last night that were like, we have Dylan Brooks at home. <laughs> Dylan Brooks at home is, is Marcus Smart. I just, I don't know what the Grizzlies, they were really good last year. And it really hurt them that Steven Adams and Brandon Clark both got hurt. They didn't have any size. They didn't have much rebounding. That was a huge part of why they were able to beat the Timberwolves in the playoffs last year. Rebounding, a lot of offensive rebounds. There were games where Brandon Clark just eating. And of course, Carl Anthony Towns, he may have changed the game, uh, but he's not a good rebounder. They're also a really immature team last year. And then they kind of scapegoated it all on Dylan Brooks, and that was that. Meanwhile, John Morant's playing with guns, so in some weird turn of events, it looks like the Memphis Grizzlies have acquired Marcus Smart to be the adult in the room, which actually is probably not the worst idea. He comes from a good team. He's been a solid teammate, a contributor on a, on a contending team. I don't know. I like Marcus Smart just now when he's playing against my team. The Celtics. They end up with Kristaps Porzingis. Here's how I can best describe how I feel about this move, okay? I'm not sure what the Celtics, the Celtics' biggest issue has been the last couple of years. They've come up short time and time again uh, trying to win the finals. I'm not sure what their biggest issue has been, but I'm fairly sure that Kristaps Porzingis is not the solution to the problem. <laughs> Whatever the problem is, I'm, I, I don't think Kristaps Porzingis is the solution. They have been the most talented team. They've been the deepest team. They have enough guys. They're not a guy short. The guys that they've had haven't been getting it done. And I like last year was like, well, they need a traditional point guard. So they got Malcolm Brogdon. He's really not a traditional point guard, but closer than, than who they've had. And then Robert Williams really wasn't healthy. This whole postseason row. Well, we need another big. Oh, so you need Horford, Porzingis and Timler. Oh, okay. Okay. Sure. Yeah. You need three bit. The third big will put you over the top. I don't know. The Celtics are, are approaching. This as a quantity problem. I, I think it's a, a quality problem with the guys they already have. And again, I don't I don't know what the one biggest issue is that the Celtics have. I think they have many issues. I don't know what the specific issue is, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that Porzingis is not the solution to the Celtics problem. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about a trade that was made about two hours ago. Chris Paul for Jordan Poole. So Chris Paul is going to be on the Warriors. Jordan Poole is going to be on the Wizards. I think I hate it for both teams. It's ugly and I close my eyes to try to picture it. I just can't. So let's take a three-minute break. We'll continue the NBA Lounge. Justin Jackstraw Garcia, our jam band correspondent, uh, a frequent contributor and performer in the NBA Lounge and Bucks Radio Network. He's going to join us at 4.30 to talk about what the Bucks might do tonight and 
some of the big NBA news stories the last 24 hours. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. My name is Grant Bills. I started the show by ranting about this uh, submarine story because I just can't stop following it. Uh, Onabam fam tweets in something very important, and I'm sorry I missed this at the start of the show. Uh, Onabam, this is a very good point and, and should concern all Brewers fans. He says they say it was billionaires on that sub, which is reassuring because it means Mark Atanasio is safe. You made this joke. I'm talking directly to him because he obviously must be listening. You made this joke one time already. Oh, it was when um, that bank went down, when Silicon Valley Bank went down. And Onabam tweeted something like, uh, many people are concerned whether or not Mark Atanasio had money in the bank and, and the brewers might be affected. Fear not, the FDIC protects deposits up to $250,000, which means Mark's money is safe. Um, I just love that we found a way to talk about Mark uh, like he's poor because he's absolutely not uh, relative to us, but relative to other baseball owners, actually he kind of is. And sometimes that gets lost. Oh, billionaires, they should pay for their own stadium. Well, technically he's not a billionaire. 608-796-2558. Uh, reacting to a couple big stories in the NBA, Chris Middleton, not totally unexpected, opting out of his player option. The Wizards, the Grizzlies, and the Celtics all had a three-way, and it ended up as Chris Stapps, Porzingis on the Celtics, Marcus Smart on the Grizzlies, and the Wizards, who knows and who cares. And then today, Jordan Poole from the Warriors for Chris Paul from the Wizards. So I don't know what to do with any. It's kind of gross, and I don't really love any of these trades. Cone Roller is called in, 608-796-2558. What's up, Cone? Grant. First, thank you for the physics lesson with how sound waves work. I appreciate that. Yeah. And I don't get why you don't like that Wizards trade. I think they made the best out of kind of a, a handcuffed situation. The Wizards? I mean, Jordan. Yeah, Jordan Poole. You got four or I think six second round picks and then four first round pick swaps. Sure. I would say that's pretty good haul for someone you were absolutely handcuffed with with a contract like Bradley Beals. Yeah, I don't look. I, I don't. Are you saying you don't hate it for the Wizards? Or you don't hate it for the Warriors? I don't hate it for the Wizards. At sure. All. I, I just the the problem with the Wizards is this should have been done years ago. Like I don't know why they've been holding on to Beal. Like they they should have been tanking last year for Wembenyama or Scoot or Brandon Miller. And there might be a great prospect next year. Probably not one like Wembenyama, but. It just seems like Wizards fans have been having a bad time for a couple of years. They haven't been winning. They haven't been in the playoffs. And then after a couple of years, the Wizards are like, all right, fine, now we'll tank. It's like, well, then why did we waste the last couple of years? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point, especially with the prospect like Webb and Yama. But, you know, maybe they thought they could be competitive, kind of like those old Bucks teams where, you know, you just try to sneak in as the seven or eight seed. Sure. Because um, they have a solid core with Kristaps, Steel and uh, Russell Westbrook, and they had Kuzma in there. I mean, I didn't hate it. Yeah, they've been kind of a fun, plucky team. Like, Westbrook took him to the playoffs. A lot of respect for Westbrook for doing that. 
Yeah, and now we kind of get to see it. It's going to be Jordan Poole and Johnny Davis's team going forward, and wow. I could not be more excited to, to see that. Two two Wisconsin natives balling out in the capital. Uh, you got to love it. I actually hadn't thought about that angle. I mean, they're just going to have unlimited shots to take, both of them. Like, Jordan Poole's probably going to have a blast. They're not going to win, but he's going to have a blast. I don't know what to make of Chris Paul and Steph Curry together. Like, is Chris Paul just his backup coming off the bench? Okay, so that's fine. But they, I don't know that Chris Paul can run around and play with the speed and the movement that the Warriors play with. I, it's very weird, and I'm trying to close my eyes and see Chris Paul in a Warriors jersey. I, I can't. I can't see it. No, that is going to be very ugly. And Chris Paul is kind of one of those players that you watch, and you just, he just looks old. He plays old. He looks old. So I don't know how he's going to fit into that kind of more dynamic offense that the Warriors have. But, you know, if anybody can make it fit, it's Steve Kerr. You know, I've heard he can make adjustments, which no other NBA coach can apparently. So I think it can work out. I'm interested. You know the West is, is the West peak. What's up? The West is weak, in my opinion. I mean, outside of Denver, the West is open. Well, and I I can have respect for a team that says, we gave this contract, we thought it was good, it's not, so we're going to pivot. We're going to move on, right? So I I credit the Warriors and Mike Dunleavy for that as well. I'm starting to feel old because some of these guys taking coaching and GM jobs, it's like, I very much remember you as a player. Uh, And obviously you and me, we're not old, but this is like the first step where all of a sudden, like, Greg Olson is in the booth, and I watched Greg Olson play tight end for a long time. I don't know. The chickens are coming home to roost in my sports life. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it is getting a little sad. I remember when Mike Dunleavy was on the Bucks, uh, wearing number 17. I loved him. So my, my basketball number in my various rec leagues and church leagues was number 17. Interesting. Another another page in the Cone Roller book. Brewers are off tonight, so we'll watch the NBA draft. We got to talk Warriors with uh, with a, a host that I know you you frequent this podcast sometimes. Cone Bart Winkler going to join us in a few. Uh, who is a big Warriors fan? Yep, big fan of his podcast. Big fan of you guys together. Um, really, nobody else in Wisconsin media knows the Warriors like Bart does. So, <laughs> definitely should be a good segment. Uh, I'm hoping so. And Thank you, Cone. I'm yes. yeah, looking forward to tomorrow's show. Um, it's a little ironic that you say never miss a Friday show when you're missing a Friday show, but that's a big but. I appreciate the extra work that you're putting in to give the fans what they deserve. Well, and I appreciate that. So, you know, my buddy's getting married on a Friday. I got to be there for him. You never miss a Friday wedding. I also believe that. Ooh, touche. <laughs> thanks, Cohen. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Grant. Have a good one. You as well. That is our friend, Cohen Roller. So just a rundown of events. Justin Tennessee Jed Garcia going to join us at either 5 or 5.30. I asked him if he would prefer 5 or 5.30. He said either one is fine. Uh, So I'll work with him to make that decision really quick. Uh, Before we get to Bart, hold the phone. Is this Hector not Alaska? Hector, is that you? It sure is, buddy. Oh, my God. I was starting to think you were on that submarine. It's been weeks since we've heard from you. Yeah, I uh, I was supposed to, but uh, my PTO fell through for some weird reason, and I couldn't make it. So, <laughs> thank God for that. Yeah, well, I'm I'm glad you didn't didn't end up on that submarine. Your Clippers are making moves. I I forget you cheer for weird teams that sometimes are involved in in trades and in news stories. I do very much. I was upset 
because I was happy that the Celtics were sending Malcolm Brogdon over. Mm. But that quickly fell apart. I've always been a Brogdon fan. Like I uh, beat the Brogdon drum. Uh, I felt that they should have kept him over uh, Chris Middleton. Um, so I've always liked him. Uh, it sucks that I understand why they did what they did, but he's coming off of winning the Sixth Man of the Year awards. Uh, one of the best uh, seasons of his young career, or I guess middle-aged career. So it would have been good, but they're not going to do anything. I think I heard some rumors about uh, Paul George to the Knicks. Yeah. But who are they going to get back? Who are they going to get back that's even worth it? I mean, they're not going to get rid of Julius Randle. They just gave uh, Brunson all that money. Who else on their team is even a viable option? I, like, quickly, we, we could, Barrett. but we have... Quickly, I suppose. Highland is already is already pretty much quickly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. I uh, am actually in Madison. Oh. Um, it's my uh, buddy's birthday. Oh, hell yeah. So we uh, drove up to surprise him. They, his wife messaged me a couple of uh, weeks ago, said they needed an extra for volleyball. And <laughs> Wait. so we planned a surprise. And oh. It was, my best friend, so it's a uh, it's a big deal. I thought, wait, you made it so. sound like you were the last one invited because they needed one extra body to play volleyball. That's not what no. happened. Okay. I normally don't drive to Madison on a Thursday to play an hour of volleyball and drive back, but because it's his birthday, um, she she had messaged me right away because she had other people to ask. Is is what I was told, ah. and. Um, I did have at least three weeks of notice, so it, it feels like it was legitimately they were thinking about me. Now, now I have to ask some questions, Grant. <laughs> well, enjoy your time in Madison, Hector. I got to get to a guest, but God, I'm happy to hear oh, from yeah. you. It's been forever. Absolutely. You have a good one, Grant. You as well. You're a good man, Hector, not Alaska. You're a good friend. Driving on a weeknight to go play volleyball. Bart Winkler, who is a big Bucks fan, yes. You hear him on CBS Sports Radio. I think he's in for Zach Gelb tomorrow night. We'll talk to him about that. Uh, he hosts the Bart Winkler Show podcast, uh, and the Warriors, to him, the Golden State Warriors, a family business. He'll explain, and we'll talk Jordan Poole or Chris Paul coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Justin Garcia, our jam band correspondent, our insider from the Bucks Radio Network, going to join us in about an hour. I don't know if Justin is going to see Dave at Summerfest next week. I don't think he loves Dave the way that he loves the Dead or Fish, you know, many of the other bands that he'll he'll constantly loop us in on. Um, I think he respects Dave, and I think he respects Dave fans and what goes on at Dave's concerts. So maybe I'll ask him about that. I don't know if he's planning to go see Dave at Summerfest next Thursday. Of course, we'll also talk Bucks because, you know, NBA draft is tonight. And news with Middleton declining his player option last year of his contract. Bart Winkler uh, is here. He is host of the Bart Winkler Show podcast. You hear him on CBS Sports Radio. And I'm I'm procrastinating potting him up because Eric on I-90 is spam calling the phone. Um, Eric, I know you listen typically when you call. 
uh, and I've seen that you have now stopped calling, please don't uh, because it's an old-fashioned studio. There's only one phone line, and it will beep. And that is something that no one wants. And don't embarrass me in front of our guest, Bart. Thank you, Eric. Please stop calling. Hello, Bart. Welcome to the show. I kind of want to hear what Eric has to say. Well, I'd put you on with him, but I don't have the capability. He brought up Deadliest Catch the other day. He made a great Deadliest Catch analogy with what's going on with the Brewers, and I love Deadliest Catch, so I got a big kick out of it. Yeah, I'm more of an HGTV man myself, but, you know. You had a take on the podcast that I did with you the other day about the Property Brothers that I have not stopped thinking about. Do you wish to share that? Because I actually think it's really funny, and I haven't stopped thinking about it. I'm I'm not blowing smoke up your butt. I'm 100% serious. No, I, I... I think it is a good take. My take was that we live in an, a society where everybody, I mean, there's so much content now and it's hard to like cut through the content. And I think that if the property brothers, if they existed in the seventies or eighties, and if they had one of these, whether it was a daytime show or, or a show on, you know, the Dumont network or whatever the hell, I think these two guys would just be like, mega stars i mean they'd be like like elvis would want to meet these guys i think they would just be the biggest of the big so i think that that you know stars it's stars it's, they don't shine as bright when there's a lot of light outside true and i think that i think that they're i think that they were born in the wrong generation for the best of their um potential so let's flip it if johnny carson was around today who would he be like, who would a modern-day Johnny Carson be? Because if we follow this train of thought, that means Johnny Carson would not be as big of a deal in the modern day. No, Johnny Carson was a big deal because there was only one late-night show and there was no cable. Johnny Carson today would be like, he'd be like uh, the dude that hosts um, Talking Bad and At Midnight and all that stuff. <laughs> What's that guy's name? I don't know. He, he couldn't. He, he couldn't be Fallon. Could he at least be Fallon? No, he'd be. He'd be more like Leno. Okay. All right. I'm a Conan. But like guy Jay Leno today. Oh. Like Jay Leno today, where it's like um, Johnny Carson's Garage and Johnny Carson hosts. Let's make a deal. That kind of garbage. Oh. He does Tim Allen's sitcom, and he's a car collector. I watched Last Man Standing when it was on, by the way. Actually, a pretty good show. I oh, I do, too. Like... I'm right there with you. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad we're on the same page. So the reason I asked you on today, you're a Warriors guy. And for those listeners who may not know why, it's because, uh, and I believe you bring this up a lot, but your brother works for them and just won an award, didn't he, by the way? Yeah, thank you. Uh, my family's very proud. They won the best media um, uh, group. I don't know. <laughs> I the the something or other award for something or other, but the the Warriors. I mean, they just do such a great job with PR and with media relations, and your brother's a part of that. So you like the Warriors. I did not see Jordan Poole for Chris Paul coming. What was your first reaction to that? And now you've had a couple hours to think about it, maybe visualize it. Do you like it more or less? Like, what are your thoughts on this deal? Well, I'm a bit stunned. Um, I'm not. I I thought if, when I first saw that Chris Paul was going to the Warriors, I don't know what I thought the return would have been. And I know the Warriors, like the Warriors needed to move on from, from Jordan Poole. That Steve Kerr, they they all say it without saying it, like how much that punch 
when Draymond decked them, how much that affected their team chemistry. They're all like 90% always saying it without without coming out and flat out saying it. So it's not a surprise that Jordan Poole got dealt. I thought him for – I just didn't think that Chris Paul would command Jordan Poole. Now the salaries match, obviously, because Poole's making $30-some million and he's under contract for a while. But you're getting a young guard – who is at, like, the beginning of his ascension, and then you're getting Chris Paul. And the Warriors, I mean, if Bucks fans, if, if you guys are worried that the Bucks are old, the Warriors, they just gave up 15 years and got Chris Paul. Now, what kind of role does he play? Does he start? Uh, is Curry off the ball? I, I imagine it's more of the Kyle Lowry role that he played with Miami, where he comes off the bench, plays 2025. Yeah, but this that's very interesting. You know, they, they've been looking for they, the Warriors team looking for who else to put next to Curry and uh, Clay as far as another guard, and they had D'Angelo Russell for a little bit, a real little bit. I love him, and it looked like Poole was going to be the guy, and then he got hit in the face, and now they're going to try it with Chris Paul. So I, I don't know. I think for the Wizards, like, all right, Jordan Poole is going to score fifty points a night on average. Uh, it does hurt our Johnny Davis MVP prop. Yeah, but um, I, yeah, it's just it's a weird, it's a weird trade where two teams are kind of like, oh, I don't want this guy. Well, I don't want this guy. Well, do you want him? Well, I don't know, but he's not this guy. Okay, so it's just weird. Yeah, well, and we had a Cone Roller who called in and pointed out that Johnny Davis and Jordan Poole, two Wisconsin natives, opposite sides of the state, but yeah. now they're joining up on the Washington Wizards, which will be pretty cool to watch. Two of the better uh, ball players to come out of the state in a while. Is it weird? And I know you're a Bucks fan first and foremost, and, and you support the Warriors because of your brother, and, and you watch a lot of their games. So, I like, when I say you're a diehard Warriors fan, you are a little bit, but it's a little tongue-in-cheek. But you watch them closely, and I'm interested because the Warriors seem like a team that, that a, a good fit and a good player on one team might not be a good fit and a good player for the Warriors, just based how they play and how they run things. Is that is that something that you've thought about the last couple of years when you watch this team and they sign someone or they bring someone in where you got to think, okay, that's a good player, but it, will will that be a good player to fit next to Curry and with Steve Kerr? Because it seems like the Warriors do things just a little bit differently. So that's a factor with Chris Paul, too. Well, I think what you've seen um, with some of these teams that have won championships is it's about the stars, but it's also about... it's it's a, It's not about getting the... Like, Durant and Beal and uh, Booker all together, that's not, I don't think that's going to win a championship. I, th- those guys are all like different variants of the same guy. What, what the Warriors have done is, all right, they have Clay, they have Steph, clear what they do. We fit the Draymond puzzle piece mm-hmm. here, um, and then maybe an Andre Guadalla puzzle piece there. We need a big guy that can start and get boards and not shoot much. Okay, David Lee for a while, Bogut, um, Kavon Looney, another Wisconsin guy, excelling in that role for them. Mm-hmm. The Nuggets with Jokic. I mean, you can have Jokic and Monte Morris and Will Barton's not getting it done, but Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon and Jamal Murray are, and they're all like good players of their own, but when you piece them together, it, it fits into a championship puzzle. And I do think the Bucks were in that same realm, too, uh, it's just now they're a little older, and you know maybe the PJ Tucker puzzle piece was that that last square or that last corner piece. I don't know, but 
Um, yeah, they, they do. I think they're like Draymond Green. I don't think that he's still in the league if he gets drafted by any other team uh, at this point. I think he's playing overseas. But he found the perfect scenario, and then it allowed his skills to shine too. You know, some of these guys, everyone everyone in the NBA thinks that they need to score 28, 28 29 points a game to be, like, good. But as long as you're there, – there's so many different ways to fill up the stat sheet – <laughs> which I'm, I'm like rolling my eyes at myself for saying, but there is. And I think the Warriors do a good job of recognizing the core they have and building around them. I don't know. This Chris Paul thing seems more, more D'Angelo Russell, like to me, where it's like, that ah, doesn't really fit, but I don't know. It's so weird. Chris Paul, we, people have been mocking jerseys for guys of the Warriors forever. Yeah. Chris Paul's like the last guy I expected. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a jersey at it for Dame and Giannis and LeBron. Kevin Durant obviously was there, so I'm just rattling through my brain, and I know exactly what you're talking about. No one has ever been like, well, what if Chris Paul teamed up, teamed up with the Warriors? No one's ever photoshopped that before. It looks weird in my brain when I think about it, and I, I try to envision it. This is Bart Winkler, CBS Sports Radio. You're in for Gelb tomorrow night, right? So you will immediately follow this show? Well, when do the Brewers play? Uh, I mean, I don't know. You're on CBS Sports Radio as soon as this show is done. So that's a place people can go to listen to. I, I think the Brewers uh, play at 610 tomorrow night. So I'm off the air at 530. Yes, and Sunday afternoons uh, when there's no Brewers, I'm on. Yeah. Well, we can always stream you even when the Brewers are on. But, yes, I agree. Oh, the, you can download the uh, – we talk about the Odyssey app on this? I uh, have the Odyssey app on my phone. It's very slick for listening to different shows. We're all – we're all purveyors of good sports talk on this on this show. We don't badmouth competitors. We might like you might be on there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can. Yeah, you can listen to this show on the Odyssey app. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh, okay. All right. Sure. Before I let you go, do you want to talk about the submarine thing? Because I I've been addicted to following it. Like, do you have a take? Do you have any? Is there anything where you're like, oh god, now I'm talking to my guy, my friend Grant. Like, I need to say something about this because I'm obsessed with this story. Yeah, I think. I think I'm going to refrain from saying some of the uh, jokes that I don't want to come out of my mouth, but when I see them, I laugh very, very hard. Uh, I see. I think, I think what, what I just, I always, I, I have said this before in my life. I don't want to die in a way that is like stupid. Okay. I don't want to like, I would rather, this is a little morbid, but I would rather like suffer from a disease for five years then, like, have a final destination type death where a log cracks through my front window and I get, you know, I don't want to die in a dumb way. I want to die in a normal way. Okay. And I think in, in our culture now, I don't want to die in a memeable way. Sure, yeah. Like, <laughs> did you see the last tweet from The Onion was critics are saying that they should have started with poorer people in the tank first. Yeah. Before they perfected it, I just don't want to die in a way where the onion talks about it. Hey, I just uh, want to die on my own. Speaking of jokes, uh, I retweeted this. You maybe saw this. I don't know if you've been on Twitter, but you know the account Odabam Fam, uh, one of our favorite Bruce yeah. accounts. Tweeted at me at four oh five because I started the show with this. He tweeted at me and said. They say it was all billionaires on that sub at Wisco Grant, which is reassuring because it means Mark Atanasio is safe. Yeah, 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 that is good. He is not a billionaire. No, he is not. He is not. Uh, he is a broke boy. And I don't think I don't think that anybody, you know, there's all discourse about like, oh, 
you're 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 happy these people yeah. died. Yeah. Nobody nobody's happy about the death. They just died in an extraordinarily memeable way, and that is just what I want to avoid at all costs. I weirdly think if I'm going to die in a in a tragic way, well, the thing is, if I die in a tragic, unpreventable way, I I, I want the internet to get 48 hours of run. I, I've I've been engaged and interested in the story the last couple of days, and if my death can do that for people as they sit at work or they're bored at home and they're refreshing TikTok, if I can provide that to people, all right, fine. If I'm dying in some glorious, like unpreventable way, I'm not signing up for it. You know what I mean? Like I'm not signing up to turn into a meme. And I know there was a 19-year-old on the sub. Maybe the older folks on the sub. There was? Yeah, there was a father-son. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. I know. Yeah, that's that's the worst part of it. But I that, wish I didn't know that. Well, I'm sorry for telling you. I, I figured you Oh, were. my God. They, as you know, I'm a dad. Not a real dad because I'm not a girl dad, but I am a dad. Is this a setup for a joke? Did you oh, actually not know that? Oh, and the son's like, why did you take me? No. The dad's got to be like, oh, my God, what have I done? Oh, my God, awful. That 19-year-old no, had to, if I was in that sub, I'd be like, we are getting troll, trolled. And I know Ona Bam and his cohort of Brewers Twitter accounts are somehow tying this into X-Golf and Brewers payroll. So I guess that would make me happy, knowing the Brewers Twitter got some enjoyment and made some jokes. But, yeah, a very awful story. It and it concluded. Oh, uh, I, I. Yeah. Yeah. It's not great. You it, mean, you mean. You can, in this country, you can be, you have to be 21 to buy a drink, but you can be 19 to go 12,000 feet under the sea. Dude, I was, I was watching the Sopranos the other night and Carmelo is yelling at Tony for letting Anthony drink. Tony, he's not legal for a couple of months. And he goes, but he can go and die in Iraq. She's like, what does that have to do with anything? I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah, it's kind of the, kind of the same thing. That's true. It is. It is very true. Bart, I. I enjoy your work. You know this. I enjoy your podcast. I enjoy when you're on the radio. Thank you. I, I hit you up in the middle of today because the Warriors made a move, and I'm like, can you come on and, and you know go back and forth with us about it for a couple minutes? So I appreciate you. Thank you, and have a good weekend. Well, I hope people do listen to your show tomorrow. I, I don't think that people – well, every day. I think you're a very incredible young talent. Oh, thank you. Uh, but I don't think that people know quite what they're in store for with your uh, 4 o'clock hour tomorrow, the amount of effort and time – that you put into it, uh, it's really, it's really going to be, it's really going to be like a, a turning point for radio in this state. I feel it has the potential of. I'm just trying to raise the bar. That's what I'm trying to. I'm just trying to raise the bar constantly. Well, thank it you, needs to be bar. raised, quite frankly. Oh, yes. It needs to be raised. That's what we're working on. Everybody, Appreciate you're, you're mm-hmm. if Grant's your favorite host, your second favorite host is probably awful at his job. So raise that bar, please. I I will try. Thank you, Bart. Have a good night. Bye. Bart Winkler. Bart brought it. Enjoy. That was some good, that was some good Warriors breakdown. I like that where it's like neither neither team really wanted their guy, so they traded. We didn't really want the other guy, but we didn't want our guy, so we just kind of did something to do something. You do that in fantasy when your team's struggling. And like, let's make a trade to make a trade. Kind of seems what this was, was like. They needed to get off pools, so they, all right, Chris Paul, we'll give that a try. Very D'Angelo Russell-esque. Is Bart said. He's on Twitter at Wings Things. Let's take a three minute break, come back, wrap up hour number one of the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Sports Show. That was a motivated Bart Winkler right there. Talking about one of his favorite teams, the family business. The Golden State Warriors. His brother does work for the Warriors. If you've listened to Bart for any length of time, uh, you've heard about it. Eric on I-90 has been waiting patiently. Eric, I'm I'm sorry to tell you not to call. I just, you know, my phone system, it beeps. It's a whole thing. You, you know the drill. Yeah, I know the deal. No problem. All right. We got about two minutes here before we got to take a break. What's going on with you tonight? What do you think? Oh, not a lot. Not a lot. Um, we got uh, Middleton didn't... Uh, Milton didn't sign up uh, for the how much forty million? Yeah, so he wants a couple of years. He wants he wants a longer deal, a little more security. And I think the Bucks will give it to him. I think this is the most likely thing that was going to happen all along. Right. Um. This, you know, who else are you going to get? Right. Nobody. Yeah. Who else are you going to get? The Bucks. Yeah, you know, can't. I tried to call. Yeah. Go ahead. No, Go I was going to say no. the Bucks can't the spend Bucks this money on anybody else. No, no. There's who? Who is it going to be? I mean, and this leads me to my next point. Is I, I tried to give Bill Michaels this great content today, but I was unable to get through. I'm not worthy. Not worthy on his show. So this is great content. They were talking about Jordan Love and how long he's going to be there. And I wanted to let Bill know you might as well get used to him. Yeah. All right. Because who else are you going to get? Like it's the Kirk Cousins. Conundrum, right? Yeah. It's nobody better. Yeah, no, nobody, nobody is real thrilled about it. But who are you going to get? And if Jordan Love can put up the numbers that Kirk Cousins does, you guys are going to be extremely happy, right? Because, but then you know, a couple of years down the road, you get to the point where if this isn't good enough, well, we can't move off this guy. He's good enough. So sometimes the middle ground is the worst place to be. Eric, I hate to cut you off because I got to take a break. I, I'm glad I got I'll call, you in I'll here. call back because I got I to gotta plug something. I got to plug a charity event. Can I do that? Yeah, just, I'll call just, back. No, no, no. Just stay on the line. Just stay. Just I'll bring I'll you back up in two minutes. Perfect. Awesome. Let's get an update from Zach Heilprin. More Eric after the break. We have to execute pitches and get into good counts, and you know all those things add up collectively. And um, their approach was was good. They got two pitches in the, in the middle plate, and, and then they hit them hard. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports: Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air now. Here's your host, Grant Bills. Bucks Radio Network and our jam band correspondent. I have a question submitted by a listener for Justin on the topic of jam bands and live music. So that's coming up at 5.30. Chris Middleton, as Zach said in that update, opted out at the final year of his contract. So now he's a free agent, but this has happened before with the Bucks, where Chris Middleton becomes available or becomes a free agent, and he doesn't want to leave Milwaukee. He just wants to get the best deal a good businessman, right? Very similar to Kirk Cousins. I don't think Kirk Cousins has ever been at risk of leaving Minnesota as long as Minnesota takes care of him and keeps paying him the money that he could get if he went elsewhere. Speaking of Kirk Cousins and speaking of the Minnesota Vikings, Eric on I-90 is still here. Hello, Eric. You said you had a, a charity thing you wanted to talk about? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a real important thing here going on this weekend. Okay. It's a, it's a rummage sale. Um... I'm going to pull over, pulling over right on I-90. All right, here we go. 
It's at 3301 Fenton Street. It's a rummage sale, and all the proceeds go to MS. Um, go to and, who now? You know, we have a, go to MS, MS, multiple sclerosis. Okay. All the proceeds from this rummage sale. And, you know, a lot of this, what people don't know, or maybe they do know, a lot of this fundraising and charitable fun- functions are performed with, fa- are, are done by families who have a family member with MS. Okay. And this is one of the hardest working, greatest families for this cause that's out there. So if you want to get some, and this isn't your normal rummage. This is excellent rummage. This- all right? And it's at 3301 Kenton Street. I got a pair of Sony speakers down there that are just aching to get bought. So if you're out there rummaging tomorrow, please stop down there. Even just go down there and give a donation because uh, it's it's an important important uh, cause. Oh. I can't thank you for letting me do that. Yeah, of course. Well, you're on the south side. I anything any charitable events on the south side of Lacrosse. That's that's where my heart is. So you said one more time. The right. address is thirty three zero one Kenton Street. Thirty three zero one Kenton Street. They'll be open right away in the morning tomorrow, and you can go down there and buy them completely out if you want. I am completely out. You can have it all. Why are you selling your speakers? You must have listened to some good tunes on those back in the day. Some good memories, I, I did listen to some good tunes on that. Uh, I'll go down and autograph them if you want me to, Grant. <laughs> you can have them. There, is, so, there are people who are listening right now and be like, oh, that'd actually be pretty funny if I got some speakers autographed by Eric on I-90. You might have to autograph those, Eric. I had a, Eric, I had a dream that you were in. I don't know if it was last night or... The night before, I can't. I've had been having some weird dreams the last couple of nights, and I, I don't remember where we were. Right. What are we doing? But I was with some friends who, you know, listen to the show from time to time. And I said, "Guys, this is Eric on ninety, and they were beyond amped up to meet you. Well, that's that's really flattering. I like to hear that. That's nice. That's nice. <sighs> you know, my point today about Aaron Rodgers and not Aaron Rodgers. We're not even, that's like Voldemort now, isn't it? Yeah. It's got to be. He's been in the it's news like, uh, because he spoke at a psychedelics conference. I think it was yesterday. Talked yeah, about well, the, good for him. <laughs> good for yeah, good for him. Jordan you know, Love, you were uh, saying? You're, you're going you're gonna to have him for a while, so you might as well go buy, buy a jersey. Okay. And 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 I think, you know, you, you, you might end up liking it. You know, You don't know. And boy, we've really been at each other about Luke Fickle and and guard. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. We've if been I'm gonna at, be honest. It's really it's like I'm starting to think there's going to be bottles broken and pool cues broken at. <laughs> We're going to get after it here oh pretty my soon. God. Speaking of getting after you it, know, I, I wanted to bring this up to Bart. Have you seen that Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg are like uh, actually kind of seriously arranging? a fight like the two of them are going to fight like in an MMA cage or something. I've been seeing it all over the World Wide web this week. I I can't figure out either one of those guys, you I know. I mean, they just got they got more money than brains, but uh, they probably got a lot of brains. They yeah, you know, Elon Musk he's kind of a Ben Franklin of our time really. Yeah. Or or some other Thomas Edison, you know. Something like that. Um yeah. the submarine story, you know, that's just it's uh, it's really kind of just stupid tragedy, isn't it? Especially when you mention the kid. Yeah. The dad, I'm kind of glad. The dad, I'm kind of glad he got crushed in that beer can down there. 
But to bring your own kid down, that's that's too bad. That's well, when too you, bad. When you get that. so wealthy, you know, nobody tells you no. Like nobody is nobody is in your life. Like actually, I don't think this is the greatest idea. You can't do that. You shouldn't well, do that. It's, when you when you reach a certain level of wealth and power, there's nobody in your life to tell you no. Oh, if yeah, there'd be some people saying no to me on that. I, I know that. No matter how much money I have, somebody yeah. would be saying, you know, don't. You know, the thing was made out of carbon fiber, you know. Well, you're an engineer. Um, yeah. Did they not go about this yeah. the right way? Well, I think if you, you know, and I'm a submarine movie junkie. Uh, you know, you notice on all, uh, you know, the Red October didn't have windows in it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And, it's, you know, it's probably about three-inch thick steel all the way around them. That carbon fiber, you know, it could have got squoze just a bit, one trip down, and stress. And this one here, it sounds to me, what I'm hearing is it, it just got crushed like a, like a pop can here on the, just laying right alongside the road right here. Yeah. It's just smashed it. So, unfortunate, unfortunate. It was probably over very quickly for the people in there, as in like less than a second. Right. They were, uh, yeah, they were they were turned to mush very quickly. Yeah, carbon fiber. I guess I don't know much about certain materials. I, that's not good for submarines. I thought carbon fiber was very strong. Obviously, carbon fiber is really good for like your skis or uh, you know all kinds of different things. Probably your car bumper, but not really good for going 13,000 feet into the ocean. That's a long ways. Right? Yeah. Was that, you know, and then this Luke Fickle business, this Luke Fickle, what this, what's going on here is like all Badger fandom is like a crew on a crab boat. Okay. And they're all out there and they're all really happy. But they got to understand that those pots are just in for a soak right now. Mm-hmm. We really don't know what's going to come up here. We won't know until fall, right? I don't know how long we the pots stay in the water. Well, with Luke Fickle, the pot is going to stay in the water. We're going to have to see what he does, right? That's true. No, the pots, we think the pots have been set in a great spot. Don't get me wrong. But Greg Gard, Greg Gard right. has shown that he can both set the pots in a good spot and turn it into results, you know? Yes, but it's been a long grind. These boys don't, these boys got short memories, you know? True. They do. Happiness is just the the brief moment when you're looking for more happiness. Wow. Right? It's a brief moment, right? Don Draper over Well, you have a great day, Grant, and if you need any rummage, you go down to that rummage sale and you rummage around down there. 3301 and Kenton Street. I'll tweet it out. 3301 Kenton Street. And you can just dig up some of that moldy money. You're going to be making money now on the Grant. And I'm not the, I'm going to, it will be the Grant Bill Show before long there at noon. I guarantee it. Okay. I guarantee it. Thanks, Eric. Good luck with the sale. Have an awesome weekend. I won't talk to you tomorrow. Yeah, you have an awesome time at your wedding, bud. Thank you. Have a good weekend. That's Eric on I-90. By the way, when he brought up Deadliest Catch, it's because we're tying uh, different nautical topics together from this weekend. That submarine was 13,000 feet deep. That's just over two and a half miles, right? Or about two and a half miles, a little bit less. What was a mile? 5,186 feet? 5,086 feet? How many feet are in a mile? I'm going to Google it. How many feet in a mile? Final guess is 
5,286. 5,280. Well, where did the six come from? Where did I get that in my head? I was so close. So it's a little bit less than three miles. Holy smokes. So 13,000 feet is, yeah, it is like two and a half miles, I guess. In the Bering Sea, when they're fishing for uh, uh, king crab, 400 feet deep, which sounds insanely deep because it is. Uh, but the thing is, it's it's not that deep. Again, a lot of naivete, a lot, a lot of people on Twitter I'm seeing about this. People are, are, are confused because the Coast Guard reported they heard banging noises in the search area, someone banging on metal. They recorded it. Uh, and people are now like, well, if they... If the sub wasn't around this whole time, if it if it had, uh, I believe, catastrophic something or other, catastrophic implosion, I think is what the Coast Guard said today, then where did the banging noise come from? Man, don't even get started with all the weird noises that come out of the ocean, okay? We don't know anything about what's down there. Eric doesn't know anything, and Eric's one of the smartest people I know. Eric's an engineer, a something or other engineer. I can't remember exactly what his title of engineer is. Rainman Mike says 17, 1,760 yards is where I got the six. I think you're giving me too much credit for knowing how far certain distances are. I think I just added a six. I don't know, Rainman Mike. Duncan Holman says, I would have been on that sub, but my check bounced. <laughs> yeah, I wonder, did they take checks at the rummage sale? Uh, you can get a pair of speakers autographed by Eric on I-90. He probably used them to listen to Pink Floyd back in the day. Uh, Mike from Chippewa Falls. Sorry, I'm behind, Mike. You were chiming in. Uh, Chris Hardwick, that was the name of the television host that Bart was trying to get at. Yeah. Some NBA news. Chris Middleton did opt out of the fourth year of his contract or, or the final year of his contract, which was a player option. So he's going to be a free agent. But as has been the case the last couple of times, Chris Middleton has been in a situation like this. The understanding is going to opt out, maximize the value, maximize the money you can make, and expect the Bucks to step up and and pay for it and foot the bill. And I think the Bucks will. I have a really hard time imagining a situation in a scenario where the Bucks just said, mm, no, we're not going to pay you all that money. We don't think you're worth it. Because in professional sports, the reality is you're, stop me if you've ever heard somebody say this, a player is worth what the market says they're worth. Right? So if there's a couple of other suitors and those suitors are willing to pay max dollar for Chris Middleton, then that's what he's worth. Whether the Bucks think that that's a good investment or not, well, the, the question is, would you rather have Chris Middleton on a bad deal or no Chris Middleton? Because those are basically the two options. That's basically what it comes down to. This Jordan Poole trade uh, and some other trades that we're going to see, Marcus Smart with the Celtics. I thought Ryan Glassbeagle, who is a Chicago guy, he writes for the New York Post now. Um, I thought he made a good point with a tweet earlier today that I want to read you. I'm not sure... If the Jordan Poole trade is the best transaction to, to cite this way of thinking, like yesterday, for example, the Brewers lost. I don't think the Brewers' bullpen is good at all. I think it's Devin Williams and a bunch of slaps who are capable of, of pitching well in, in perfect and ideal circumstances, okay? But yesterday's game was not the game to be like, the Brewers' bullpen sucks because in reality, they scored one run and it was a solo shot. It wasn't the bullpen's fault that the Brewers lost yesterday, right? I still don't think the bullpen's any good, but yesterday was not the, the day to go banging the drum about how the bullpen wasn't any good. Okay, I agree with what Ryan is saying here, and I think it's going to be a theme this offseason, next offseason, trade deadline in the middle of the season. I don't know if the Jordan Poole trade is the best example of, of, of this idea, but I'm going to read it. The way the new CBA works, 
The Jordan Pools of the world are going to be the best or second best players on bad teams and not the third or fourth best on good ones. Okay, I don't think the Warriors traded Jordan Poole because he was expensive. I think the Warriors traded Jordan Poole because he didn't get along with Draymond Green. His performance really kind of suffered this year. He'd worn out his welcome in Golden State, and it probably wasn't going to be the best for the Warriors or for Jordan Poole to stay there. He also made a lot of money, but the Warriors did not simply trade Jordan Poole because Jordan Poole made too much money. But the point that Ryan makes is a good one in that Derek White, Bobby Portis, um, players of that level, where you're never going to be considered one of the the core two or three or four players. Bobby Portis is never going to be the member of a big three on a contender. He Bobby Portis is never going to be one of Jokic, Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon. He's right outside that bubble. Same with Derek White. Derek White is not going to be thought of on the same level as Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. He's right there. He's adjacent to the best players on his team. And those are the players that are going to be affected most. Right? The players that could maybe on a crummy team put up really good numbers. Right? And maybe make a little bit more money. But a player like Derek White likes being in Boston. He's okay with playing third or fourth fiddle and, and, and making medium money. Right? Same with Bobby Portis. Players like that. The new CBA, I think, is going to hit those guys hardest of all. Because when the Celtics or the Bucks have to make decisions about their roster, if they're paying Giannis and Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, you're not going to trade Drew Holiday. You're like, well, do we really need Bobby Portis? Celtics are like, do we really need Derek White? And that sucks. Because the league is better for Bobby Portis being on the Bucks, Right? The league is better for Derek White being on the Celtics. The league is made better by these very, very good, uh, slightly more specific players playing a specific role on a contending team. And I'm not saying Bobby Portis is a role player, Derek White's a role player, but those guys are not the scorer and the distributor. And they're not the number one on a bad team. They're the number four or five on a good team. And the NBA is a better league and a more watchable, fun league for those guys being on contenders. And I think what's going to end up happening is Bobby Portis and Derek White, for example, will play for next to nothing to stay on the Bucks or the Celtics, or they'll go play for crummy teams and make the money that uh, they couldn't make on, on the contenders thanks to the CBA. And that sucks. I don't like that because I don't like Derek White or Bobby Portis who can offer real, solid, positive basketball value to contenders. I want those guys on good teams. I want them being highlighted. I, I want them being utilized and not wasting away you know, scoring 25 points a night on 18 shots on a crummy team, just be, just so they can make an honest and fair paycheck. I don't like this new CBA at all. I don't like. I, I think this CBA was drawn up to get rid of super teams, but I don't think super teams exist. Now, teams are taking care of their guys. The Bucks are taking care of Giannis and Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez and Drew Holiday, but it's not like all of those guys left their own teams and assembled like the Avengers in some destination. I don't think super teams are a problem anymore. I don't think the Suns are going to be successful. The Suns are this latest iteration of, let's just get a bunch of talent and hope it works. It didn't work in Brooklyn. I don't think it's going to work in Phoenix. And I think the CBA is is drawn up and organized in a way to try to snuff out super teams and super teams aren't a problem. There's so much parity in basketball right now. Like any more parity than this. And I don't think the league is any good. I think we're in a great spot. I don't think the CBA was necessary. 608. 7962558 if you want to text and or call the show. Twitter at Wisco Grant. Remember, we got Justin Garcia joining us in about 15 minutes. 
Let's talk more NBA. Maybe a little Brewers coming up next before we get to Justin. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. Our friend Justin Garcia going to join the show here in about 10 minutes. NBA draft is tonight, but also like last year, I got, I got pretty into the NBA draft as much as one can get into the NBA draft. Like for the couple weeks leading up, I was learning about this prospect here and there. Like I was very into it. I can tell you the name of three guys. I got Wemby, Scoot Henderson, and Brandon Miller. I'm 100% serious. I, I, I can't think of a name of a guy after that. I'm, I'm definitely not the expert to talk to. Maybe Justin will have some names for us. Maybe he can give us a little bit of a Bucks perspective coming up in a few. Another guy that likes to talk ball, Tony in Texas is here. Tony, good afternoon. Welcome. Grant, you know, there's a few guys this NBA draft that are from Texas that I actually have been watching the last few years through the high school ranks, the AU ranks. So, so. What's, what's one guy tonight that we can remember? So when we're watching this draft and we start to get bored and we want to do something else, we're like, no, 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 I got to wait to see where Tony's guy ends up. Give us a name. Okay, so this guy is projected mid-first round, but I actually think he's being undervalued. This guy reminds me of Drew Holiday, a young Drew Holiday. He's about 6'3", plays the point. His shooting's gotten a lot better. His name's Kaysen Wallace. He's from here in Texas, and he went to Kentucky last year. He's a one-and-done. Kaysen Wallace, look out for him. I think he's going to be a stud. He's the next Drew Holiday. Plays oh. lockdown defense. Watch this guy. He's undervalued. Now, another guy, Anthony Black. Arkansas kind of did this, like, Fab Five thing, like Michigan did back in the day, way before your time, but... Michigan had, like, Chris Weber and Juwan Howard and all these guys went to Arkansas or at Michigan. But Arkansas tried to do the same thing this year. Didn't quite work out the same. Uh, but this guy, Anthony Black. So I watched this guy very closely. Kind of sketchy. I don't, I don't know why he's projected to be a top seven or eight. Not, not as a character guy, but, you know, he transferred high schools his, his senior year uh, because uh, the high school coach wanted him. Started dating the mom, of all things, mm. which was just crazy. Yeah, I, I, think, I can relate. I think I, Arkansas, I, I Arkansas has now got to the point where, like, they have a certain, like, pedigree. Like, we've seen enough guys come out of Arkansas mm-hmm. in the late lottery, maybe guys we didn't know a ton about or not one of the main guys we talked about, and these guys turn out to be good. Like, Arkansas puts out a lot of good players, so I feel like we've gotten to the point now with Arkansas where we just yeah, kind of give their guys, maybe not the benefit of the doubt, but we're like, oh, Arkansas, they put out good players. Like Iowa football, you know? Yeah, I enjoy I enjoy Arkansas hoops. I really do. But they're all young, and they came in for one year. But this Anthony Black, he's kind of, I would say, a poor man's version of Cade, Cade Cunningham. A little bit better passer, though. Okay. He's got big size. He's about 6'8". I got some big, poofy hair. But people love his game. I just don't see it translating into the NBA. I, I don't know why he's projected a top seven or eight pick. Um, but, you know, Scoot Henderson... I know a lot of people were high on him. He's dropping down below Brandon Miller. Now, Brandon Miller, I don't know if you watch this guy from Alabama. Oh, yeah. This dude is a stud. The problem is the baggage that goes with him. I, you know, if the John Morant thing going down, I don't know, man. I don't know if I would take Brandon Miller that high, but apparently he might go number two to the Charlotte Hornets. So uh, I'm intrigued. It's going to be a great draft. I think Wemby's got boomer bust potential. I think he could be the next Sean Bradley or he, you know, maybe he's the next Tim Duncan. I don't know. Interesting. 
Yeah, the, the Hornets, well, I don't know. Everybody who gets drafted there ends up. Like James Booknight, I love James Booknight. I wanted the Kings to take him. And then he goes there and he gets addicted to doing drugs in his car and falling asleep. And I don't know. I, I, like I don't wish anyone well, well, when the you know the owner's Michael Jordan, he, there's certain disadvantages to playing for that franchise. Not the best owner. Uh, but we don't have to talk about that. Let's talk about before. I, I got to take a break here in a couple and get to Justin. Yeah. What did you think of Chris Paul for Jordan Poole? Been talking about that. I thought that was a wacky. That is a wacky trade. I don't know what the Warriors are trying to do. They're trying to string this relationship. I mean, we've all been there. We've dated someone a little bit too long. Should have gotten out of it. I don't know why they want to string this Warriors thing longer. Um, who is Mike Dunleavy Jr. It's a GM now. I, I guess he thinks he can keep this core together and and win another championship. I mean, anything's possible, but there's no way in hell that team configured the way it is is getting by the Nuggets. And I would actually take the Lakers, I think, over the Warriors right now. Uh, I, I don't like that move, Chris Paul. He's always hurt. You don't, you can't trust him in the playoffs to stay healthy. Uh, for the For the Wizards, not a bad move, I think. It's a good asset, and I like that Wisconsin backcourt of Johnny Davis now with, with Jordan Poole. That's kind of cool. Right. So maybe. By the way, Wizards, one of the worst pro pro franchises and pro names. Yeah. I mean, what a terrible name, the Wizards. Yeah, not good. Awful. Yeah. I like the Washington Bullets. Uh, a little partial to that team. I like that one a little bit better. Any, anything in that District Columbia, any of those names are always terrible, it seems like. Yeah, they're not great. Well, everyone's from somewhere else, and... It's just not the best, but the DMV, I believe. Now, the other trade, Grant, though, the other trade with Perzingis coming over to uh, to the Celtics. I don't like it. The, another guy I watched growing up through the AU ranks was Marcus Smart, and I, a lot of people hate Smart. I love his game. I've always loved Marcus Smart, and Marcus Smart's the kind of guy, if he's on your team, you love him. The Celtics just got their heart and soul taken away from them. A terrible trade for the Celtics, I think. Perzingis... Yeah, he'll he'll probably shoot okay from the outside, but he's not going to be able to bang in the playoffs. Giannis will kill him. Are they expecting Giannis to, or him to cover Giannis? I don't I don't understand that move. I don't That's know. The Celtics move. have been the deepest team. They've been the deepest team. They didn't need to get deeper. Like they they weren't short on bodies. It was fit and personality and and coaching. And for the last couple of years, it's like, well, we'll just get Gallo. We'll just get Brogdon. We'll just get Porzingis. It's like, no, 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 no. It's your main two or three guys aren't good enough, and they haven't been good enough. So. I don't know. I, I'm interested, yeah. but I, I don't think Chris Stapp's Porzingis is their solution. Yeah, and then Chris Middleton, expect him. I, I'm with you. I think he's going to sign a lower end, not a lower team-friendly deal, but maybe $30 million a year or so. What are you thinking? You thinking about yeah. that? Probably more guaranteed money over the course of the contract, but maybe slightly less than what he would have got on a year-by-year basis. I don't know. Hey, and also, look out. I'm, I'm calling it Tony from Texas, calling this one out. Uh-huh. Paul George or Kawhi Leonard getting dealt next week or two. Just keep an eye out for that. Interesting. All right. Well, you play. They got to break that up. They we'll be aware. That that, that's not, not going to work for them anymore. So, all right. Enjoy the draft, Grant. Thanks, Tony. Have a good weekend. I'll be off tomorrow, right, so I won't talk to you. Oh, I'll be listening, though. I, I can't wait to listen. Bart Winkler really hyped this up. This has got to be some just um, really just uh, innovative radio coming out here tonight uh, or yeah. tomorrow. It's, it's cutting edge. Thank you, Tony. Have a good weekend. All right. Yeah. Tony from Texas. Um, tomorrow night's show. Just in case you haven't heard me say this a hundred times already, I'm going to be gone. So instead of a best of, uh, I'm going to do a special show, a special presentation. Like ESPN had Grantland and 30 for 30. Uh, we're running a special presentation of the Wisco Sports Show tomorrow night. And the first half hour from 4.30 to 5, or from 4.30, 4 to 4.30 and 5 to 5.30, the top of both hours, 
will be a 30-minute special that I've pre-produced, and I tapped some of our brewers, guests, and brewers experts and brewers insiders to help me out. It is, uh, well, the official name of the project is Page Sporonic Bobblehead Night, a promotion that saved a season. And it details the last 12 months or so and everything that led up to one of the wildest bobblehead all-fan giveaways that we've ever seen. And a night that turned around a weekend and maybe turned around a team, turned around a season. So that's going to start right at 4 tomorrow night and right at 5. The second half of both of the hours will be filled with best of material. So some some different moments from this week and last week. But from 4 to 4.30, 5 to 5.30, you can hear that in its entirety from start to finish. I'm also going to post it as a podcast. So wherever you get the Wisco Sports Show podcast, that will be available without any commercial interruption and also tweet it out at Wisco Grant. Justin Garcia joins us next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. trade today we could talk about that here with our next guest the celtics the bucks lot to discuss with justin garcia who is our bucks guy the bucks radio network our jam band correspondent as well justin i actually got a specific uh music related question from a listener that i was supposed to pass along to you uh might as well cross this off our list before we start uh cohen roller has texted in and said can you ask justin if the zach brown band is considered a jam band i think the argument is there or are they the Delta Eight Ooh. of jam bands? Uh, that's a good analogy. I would lean more towards Delta Eight. I don't dislike the Zach Brown Band. Um, I'm not a fan, not a hater either, but just not a fan. It's kind of very similar to Dave Matthews Band, and uh-huh. you and I have talked about this. I have never seen Dave Matthews Band live. It's taken... Uh, 25, like I don't want to date myself too much, but 25-ish years of convincing, and I am finally going to uh, my first Dave show next week just to see what all this fuss is about. I really wanted to go to that show. I really want to go to Summerfest. I would like to go see a band uh, Saturday night. They're called The Brook and the Bluff, and if you're at Summerfest, I think you should go because they're an awesome band. Uh, but I have a wedding, so I'm kind of stuck. It's it's about four hours. It's in my hometown, which is four hours from Milwaukee, and then I'd have to go to Milwaukee and then back to Lacrosse. Be a whole thing. It's it's not gonna it's not gonna work. And next weekend I'm locked. I up. mean, I, I've I've made that trip in a day, so it's doable. It's doable. I remember in college, the, I did it on a Thursday night. We went to Game Six against the Toronto Raptors on a Thursday. We left after our our afternoon class around one o'clock. We went to the game. Uh, they lost despite a miraculous 24-point halftime deficit. They came back to take the lead. Jason Terry was everywhere. Uh, and then they ended up losing, and then we drove back and got back to lacrosse in the middle of the night. We didn't think anything of it because we were young. You know, you used to do that. And now I, you know, I won't drive to Toma unless I can take a nap afterwards. I have a, a couple similar stories of trips from lacrosse into Milwaukee to, uh, one, cover a Brewers game when I was still a uh, – an ESPN lacrosse employee and a WTMJ intern in the, the Venn diagram of my venture into sports media. And another uh, friend of mine was uh, childhood friends and knew Adrian Tiger, the Milwaukee Panthers basketball team. So we would travel back to uh, watch UWM when they were in the Horizon League 
tournament and championship games, but um, there's a lot of stories from those those drives from lacrosse to Milwaukee, and in one of them back all in the same day that, that probably can't be shared over the air. Oh, Justin. Well, maybe in a podcast. By the way, your Locked on Bucks podcast is having a live show next week, and I wish I could come, but it's on a weeknight, and again, it's a couple hours away. Can you tell us, because I have a lot, a lot of crossover fans between this show and the Locked on Bucks podcast. People mention me to you. Uh, when we get to talk about the, I, lo- I love the Locked On Bucks podcast. So you have a live show next week. Can you tell us about that in case anybody is uh, able to come? Uh, we do have a live show Wednesday. The what is that? The twenty eighth. It's mm-hmm. going to be at Broken Bat Brewery in Milwaukee. Um, very very close to those that have not been there to where the Summerfest grounds are. We purposely picked Wednesday to not compete with Summerfest. And uh, we're still piecing together what the show is actually going to be, but I, I think the uh, the big draw and uh, what's going to generate the most interest is uh, I can confirm Kane Pittman is in Wisconsin and has been here for a couple of days now. So he'll be there. Frank Madden will be there. Uh, Eric Name is going to be there with us. Camille Davis, who uh, fills in quite a bit on the show, will be there. I'll be there as well. We're still trying to round up some uh, some guests to make some appearances as well. Um, but just Frank and Kane being in Wisconsin should be more than enough to draw people. You know, I don't like to ask for favors, Justin. Although I have asked you to, you know, tickets for multiple things. And you being on this show right now is a, a favor, I suppose, that I ask you. But I try not to ask for favors. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you for one now, though. Um, could you just tell Eric Name, like, hey, there's this, there's this great radio show. <laughs> I like going on there. I know you don't do a lot of radio. Uh, you're in demand, and, and you're certainly one of the best in your field, so you're not easy to book, but just give this guy a try. Go join the NBA Lounge with Grant Bills, and you'll want to come back, Eric. Trust me. Could you just, just you know, give him a little poke in the ribs, just a little bit, subtly. Like, don't make it seem, you know, you know use discretion. Yeah, I'll see what I can do. Uh, if that doesn't work, we can always – I'll set it up that uh, I'm going to interview him for something, and then we can just – pull a sneak attack and you step in and you conduct the interview the old, okay we'll bait and switch them that's fine well, we have a couple of trades to talk about uh let's do porzingis to the celtics first marcus smart's on the grizzlies porzingis is on the celtics marcus smart is a good player i he annoys the hell out of me but i i have a lot of respect for him and what he's done for the celtics over the years and i'm, I'm not being facetious or, or you know i'm not kidding when i say that I don't think Porzingis is what the Celtics needed. Like, the Celtics have had lots of issues. I don't think Porzingis is a solution to any of their problems. Uh, so I think we're aligned with, with um, Marcus Smart. He is a good player. Uh, I hated playing against him. I won't miss that in, in the Bucks and Celtics rivalries. Uh, but I think he's going to be really good for the Grizzlies. He's, he's number one. The biggest role he's going to fill is, is giving you an adult in the room. Um and being a culture center there, I, I, we obviously don't know everything that goes on behind the scenes, but it seems like Memphis is in dire need of a culture reset. And uh, he's, I, I, I guess, the easy comp is it seems like he is going to be the Dylan Brooks replacement, but only a better version of Dylan Brooks. So we've seen him defend one through four, sometimes even five. He was defending Embiid. So he's going to be that wing defender, and I think he's a better offensive player than Dylan Brooks. So that's a nice upgrade for Memphis. For Boston, um, look, Kristaps Porzingis is also a good player. Last year he was really good, and I think a lot of us kind of slept on just how good he was last year. 
not just offensively. He seems to have figured out how to be more lethal in the post. He's been one of the best post scorers in the game last year, uh, but the last few years. His defense has gotten better as well. He's a better rim protector. Uh, it's just, to me, the big change is I understand the Celtics had this surplus of guards, and they needed more help in the front court, especially when you factor in the age of Al Horford and the fact that Robert Williams can never stay healthy. Um, I just I don't know about this one just yet, if I'm a, a Celtics fan. I mean, it's, it's easy to say, well, man, you know, everything we just said about Marcus Smart and the culture that he brought and, he was kind of the heart and soul of that team. How do you replace that? I think we can latch onto that too much as fans. But there is something there. And, you know, as good as Kristaps Porzingis is, it doesn't help the Celtics defense. I know I just talked about he's probably a better defender than we give him credit for. But Marcus Smart helped you out a lot defensively. And Marcus Smart, I think everybody's just kind of sweeping under the rug. Well, they, they still have Malcolm Brogdon and they have Derek White. Marcus Smart's a pretty good playmaker. Too, and that was a pretty big issue for the Celtics in the playoffs. So I'm with you. I just I don't think the Celtics issue has been we don't have enough players, right? Like there have been situations. The Suns they were short a big against the Bucks, and it killed them, right? There's there's a lot of series where like they're one man short here. I haven't thought that about the Celtics. I've thought, oh, their main guys have not been mature enough or organized enough or focused enough. I, I don't know if Porzingis solves that, but time will tell. We don't need to dwell. On the Celtics, one more move I wanted to ask you about: Chris Paul for Jordan Poole. I, I, I Bart Winkler was on in the last hour. He's a Warriors fan, you know this, and he said of all of the players and all the photoshops of, of guys into Warriors jerseys over the years, Chris Paul is is not one that comes to mind. I'm I'm really struggling to visualize him on the Warriors. What does that look like? Um, same. It's it's the old. If you can't beat him, join him, I guess, yeah. for Chris Paul. But this is many years removed. Um, I think it's a good move for the Warriors. And, like, number one, to, to get out from under the Jordan Poole contract, it costs you a lot of picks. But I don't think these were high premium picks. It's, it's I believe, isn't it all second rounders? Yeah. And then one first rounder that they're giving up. So um, I like that, that you're getting – out from the Jordan Poole contract, he was probably a guy that, it's funny to say after just one year with a big deal, but he was probably in need of a change of scenery anyway, starting with the uh, the yeah. incident in Draymond yeah. last year. Uh, but it also gives the, the Warriors a true point guard. And I know Steph has been that guy. Steph is, Steph is a two guard that mm-hmm. is just undersized. And now you have Chris Paul running that offense, and that's going to be something we haven't seen Chris Paul play with before. I know... Devin Booker started to come into his own when he aligned uh, or teamed up with Chris Paul. But to, to have him facilitating that offense and playing alongside Steph is going to be huge. You would also assume that's going to help save Clay Thompson, too, and setting up some of those shots that uh, Clay Thompson gets. And also, you know, with those two guys, we talked about it with the Bucks of man, if the Bucks could get Chris Paul, if he's, if he's bought out and you sign him, or yeah. if he's waived, I should say, and you sign him, That'd be great because you got Drew Holiday and you could kind of rest him a little bit in the regular season and save him. Warriors are going to be able to do that as well. Talking with Justin Garcia. Justin's on Twitter at TMJ Garcia, Bucks Radio Network. I want to ask you about Middleton, but also like 
I think the most likely scenario, like we could we could have this conversation in 20 seconds, is he comes back and he signs a longer deal with more guaranteed money and more security with the Bucks, right? That's what we all think is going to happen. You're asking me that? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a yes or no? Okay. Yeah. Um, so famous last word, yes. I, I believe that to be the case. That's what most of the reporting has been, that it, it seems like the, the, the consensus around the league is that Chris, it seems like more so Chris, but both Chris and Brooke Lopez are expected to be back. Um, I, I Look, I think if Chris Middleton was, if there was some type of impasse here and he wasn't going to be back, I think you would have seen him traded last night. A, a similar story to Chris Dapps Porzingis. They had that timeline of last night because both he and Chris had the same opt-out date of last night at, at midnight Eastern time. So if you got the indication that Chris wasn't going to come back, I think you would have seen him dealt last night to wherever it was he wanted to go, and you would work out an extension from there, not a sign-and-trade, so you don't hard-cap the team that would be taking him on, which, again, is, is why I don't think you'll see him moving here because even, you know, first and foremost, there's no recourse for yeah. improving if he walks. That I think, you know, it's not just you're going in the offseason of, well, we hope we can re-sign him, that you, you have some indication of where you're at. Otherwise, you would have moved to plan B and made some type of move because it, it's not as simple as, well, he walks. There's $40 million. We can sign somebody else. It doesn't work that way. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I guess I just – people have been calling. You know, I go back and forth. It's a very caller-oriented show, Justin. They're like, what are the – what, the Bucks going to sign Middleton? They're going to do this? It's like I don't know. I, I'm just going to sit back and 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 see because I think based on on what we've seen, the reports is the Bucks are looking to be aggressive. They're exploring different avenues and different things. I don't think the Bucks front office went into this offseason thinking we're going to keep it all the same. We're going to run it all back, and that's that. Right? Like they have been exploring options and getting aggressive and going after guys. It's just you know if something works out and, and something unfolds the way that they want. Is that kind of how this offseason is going to go? Yeah, and they've, I mean, they've already, even if they bring back Chris and Brooke Lopez, we'll say, bring back the whole group. It's running it back with an asterisk. Yeah. Because the, the, the elephant in the room is you made a big coaching change, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I do think you're going to see something else happen when that is. Agreed. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if the Bucks do anything tonight. The people that I trust have made it seem like uh, I don't think you're going to see anything done by them. I know there was chatter that they're trying to move up in the draft and and possibly move into the end of the first round. It, it does seem like there's a lot of value. Yeah. If you listen to draft analysts and what like picks 25 through 40, people feel like you know, guys like you saw last year, like a Christian Brown yes. and, and what the yep. Nuggets were able to do with him, it seems like, hey, we think there's a lot of those types of players sitting in those 15 or 20 slots that, that teams are going to try to get into. Uh, and I know the Bucks would love to do that, as we've talked about. you got to get younger and cheaper at some point, but they don't really have a whole lot to offer to do it. You can point to the same three guys of Bobby and, and Grayson and Pat Connaughton, yeah. you know, but it's not just like, hey, we're taking on bad contracts for nothing. I mean, look at the deals that we've seen happen here. It, it hasn't yielded high returns. That's what's jumped out the most when you look at the Beal deal and the fact that it was Jordan Poole for Chris Paul straight up, basically. You're seeing high money values move around, 
but there's not those returns anymore like you saw in the Drew Holiday trade. Very bizarre. I'm excited for tonight. I am uh, going up to my folks, so I'm going to watch in my car uh, on the way home because I don't have a Brewers game to distract me. So looking forward to the draft. And, Justin, thank you so much. Last minute for coming out talking about some of this news. And have a great weekend, friend. And, again, again, if it comes up with Eric's name, you know, just, you know point, him, point him our way. We'd love to have him. I will, uh, I'll see what I can do on that front. <laughs> Appreciate you, Justin. Thanks again. All right. See you. Have a good one. Justin... Tennessee Jed Garcia, our jam band correspondent, and our uh, our Bucks guy, our ringer. You hear that? People that he trusts says, eh, I don't know, skeptical of a move up. Mostly because I don't know what the Bucks have to offer. I don't know the ammo that they use to move up into the draft. I don't know the mechanism that they have, the instrument they have to move up. Let's take a three minute break, come back. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show. Coming up next, stick around. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Wrapping things up for the night and for the week for me because I have tomorrow night off. I have a wedding. I'm very excited because I keep bringing it up. Uh, my parents live on the lake. Summertime is often very busy. Concerts, weddings. I have a three-day weekend to go be there, to go be home, to go out on the boat. Very, very excited. Tomorrow, again, I'm going to keep saying this over and over again because the show's going to sound a little different. And if you're like, oh, my God, we get it. Well, there's someone who's listening right now. Just join the show. Going to be listening tomorrow. I don't want anyone to be confused. So tomorrow I put together a special pre-recorded show. Okay, it's it's a special feature. It's a, a documentary, if you will, about Paige Peronic bobblehead night. And Tim Dillard was gracious enough to give some comments and, and share some stories from all the buildup and everything that went into it. Kurt Hogue as well was kind enough. The Journal Sentinel, he's always really generous with his time. Uh, but even for something like this, nice enough to, to chime in. So I appreciate Kurt. Uh, it's going to sound like a documentary and it's a half hour long. Uh, it will play from four to four thirty and then again from five to 5.30, at which point the Brewers will take over. The rest of the show, I'll fill the back half of both hours with, you know, uh, some of the better moments. We had a lot of good guests this week, Zach and and Bart and Justin. Uh, I will play you a little bit of a teaser from our number or segment number two. This is what it's going to sound like. I'll just play for you just a little bit. Wait. Thursday, June 15th, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The Brewers are on a six-game losing streak, including a home sweep against the Oakland Athletics, the worst team in baseball. On Tuesday and Wednesday, things went from bad to worse. The Brewers lost both games of a two-game set against the Minnesota Twins. Tuesday's loss included Devin Williams' first blown save of the season. A drive to Change up up to Correa and it was a high fastball to Taylor. So you know, I, just, I know it's I know it doesn't happen often, but it's gonna happen. Whether it was Devin Williams or the starting pitching or the lackluster offense, the Brewers were really struggling to win baseball games. 
and things weren't getting easier as the team was ready to embark on a long stretch of games without many days off. So there you go. You get the idea. It's about a half hour long. It spans all the way back to last season and basically concludes with this last week when the Brewers uh, swept the Pirates. It's really fun. It's funny. It's something different. Uh, and it'll be kind of weird and wacky to wrap up the week. So that is tomorrow. Again, I will post the whole thing start to finish as a podcast as well. So if you can't listen live tomorrow night, you can always find it. Wherever you get the Wisco Sports Show podcast, just search Wisco Sports Show. It'll be there. And, of course, you can always find it. I'll tweet out the link at Wisco Grant. So tomorrow it'll start at 4 and at 5. So if you're tuned in right at the uh, start of an hour, you can listen in its entirety. Appreciate you. Have an awesome weekend. I'll be back on Monday at 4. Talk to you now.